welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the texts we covered in worship on Sunday. We do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope to check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, we're following up on the first week of 40 Days of Prayer, looking maybe a little bit at uh, Ephesians and beyond, and let's jump into it. All right. Um, We talked in worship about growing up in prayer, prayer, and um, uh, sometimes we stay on the surface and and, uh, just maybe uh, pray once a week at church or uh, pray the occasional help me God prayer or uh, or whatever and and I wanted to explore uh, with all of us here um, some other ways to go a little deeper into prayer um, one of the things Rick Warren says in the study is uh, the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is that su- successful people develop habits that others don't um, and he talked about Tom Brady being the oldest quarterback in the NFL. And uh, my son-in-law looked that up last night to assure me that that's still the case. Um, he did lose this year, the Super Bowl, but that's a, that's beside the fact. And uh, Randy, you may know a little bit more about this, but uh, Warren says that it's because of his habits. And he's a pretty disciplined guy. Um, and has a, a pretty stringent um, uh, exercise plan and food plan. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, He's um, well. All great athletes have uh, that that are great and live up to potential uh, have uh, regiments that go on throughout the year and not just during the season. And, and Brady surely has that, and it is both in exercise and uh, uh, in his diet and uh, that's been a point of contention at times within the team because his own personal trainer uh, uh, was allowed around the team for a while and is no longer but Tom Tom not only talks about it but I I would imagine he's pretty exuberant about what he does to stay in the shape that he does Uh, it's also interesting that uh, he doesn't talk much about what he does to stay in mental shape. It's mm-hmm. Most of it's physical shape. But he's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks uh, in the NFL in mm. terms of understanding the game, uh, both from uh, not only his position but everybody else's, frankly. And I think that that translates very well into the Christian faith. I think probably the people who are the deepest in their faith – are the ones that have uh, uh, strong habits that continue to pray, continue to read uh, scripture and other uh, other writings, um, um, and and develop uh, good habits. Um, and I think that's. I mean, I'm not good at developing habits. I have to be honest with you. I I have to really work at that. Um, but Randy, you're really good at that. Um, at, at developing good spiritual habits. But I have to work at that. Yeah. I mean, um, quiet time, which I call quiet time, that's mm-hmm. what the navigators, we talked about QT. Mm-hmm. Um, quiet time has always uh, been a struggle for me, not because I have a problem getting out of bed early in the morning, but because I want to start the day. Mm-hmm. 
and Bill Hybels' book, I don't know how many years ago, when he came out with I'm Too Busy Not to Pray. Bill yes. Hybels is the pastor, senior pastor, directing pastor, whatever, of Willow Creek and Willow Creek Association. And um, uh, he says, I'm too busy not to spend time in prayer. I'm too busy not to listen to God's voice. Because if I don't listen, this will become a ministry different than what it was intended to be, which was a seeker-sensitive ministry to bring people into relationship with Christ. And uh, I've, I, fan, I found that to be true over the years, that uh, Isaiah 40 verse says, They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. I find myself wearing myself out sometimes. Uh, in fact, I was um, someplace I was reading this morning, uh, was talking about the, uh, the unbelievable need for us if we're going to be centered in God's will and actually doing the work he wants us to do. Uh, that re- and when the pressure gets the greatest to do that, that's when we need to take the most spot time to spend with him and let him either – sometimes it's words of wisdom that come. Sometimes it's just calming our spirit and our soul so we don't get so wrapped up in the emotions or in the hurriedness of the moment or the what we perceive as pressure uh, in ministry. Uh, sometimes it is pressure, but pressure is when you're – you're uh, doing something to save somebody's actual literal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we're talking about people's spiritual lives, but I don't sense that kind of pressure uh, that I have when I was on a rescue squad. I mean, right. there was pressure there to make right. decisions uh, that, was, that was either life-giving or not. Uh, the pressure here is different pressure. Um, and so, um, yeah, it uh, it's not easy to do, but I've... I've got a plan for my spiritual life, uh, and my spiritual life uh, is centered around some scriptures. One is to be a holy sacrifice, living and acceptable. Uh, and um, that just, for me, is a continuous thing. I can't do it once a week. Yeah, right. I can't, I can't preach if I only spend time with him once a week. Right. I can't deal with uh, the, the situations or circumstances in hospitals when we're facing life and death stuff there. If I only speak to him once or twice a week. So. And um, one thing that I learned early in my, in my ministry um, is that um, scripture reading. The, those of you that are listening probably had, this doesn't re, you can't relate to this, but scripture reading just to prepare for a sermon is not scripture reading. That's a different kind of reading. I mean, we prayerfully read the scripture that we're going to preach on, but that isn't. Um, uh, that isn't the same thing. It doesn't take the place of um, reading for spiritual renewal. When I uh, started seminary, and I started at Asbury in the fall of 1977, I'll never forget the first sermon that Dr. Frank Stanger preached at chapel, the very first chapel I attended there. And it was basically that uh, if you folks only read your Bible and you only spend time in prayer to do sermon preparation, you will burn out and leave the ministry. And he had some number, and I don't know whether it was metric oriented or whether he was pulling a number out, but it was like five or 10 years. He said, if you don't do something mm-hmm. beyond that for your own relationship with God, you will not make it in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Why do you think that is? What's the, what's the reason behind that? What's the why? Burnout is a is a huge issue um, in any job, but especially in ministry, 
And, sure. And well, if, I was thinking about what, how's the difference between reading to prepare for something right. like that and and reading for, how did you put it? Um, um, uh, spiritual development, I think. Sure, yeah. For me, yeah. the reason is when I'm reading for sermon preparation, I am... I cannot help myself from thinking, how do I apply this for the congregation? Now, most, I would say all sermons that I write um, have something to do with applying it to me, um, because if I can't relate to it, then probably others can't relate to it. But there's always that undertone (laughs) um, of of how am I going to preach this, rather than, God, would you speak to me, my soul, only on this? You know what I mean? I can't, I can't separate it, because I, um, I always have that undertow of, and no matter how much I, I, I pray it and read it for me, but if I'm, if I'm reading another scripture, there is no other agenda. It's just, God, what do you want me to hear? Um, how do I need to listen to you? It's not that God doesn't speak to me through the scriptures that I um, am preaching on, but if those are the only ones I'm looking at, I'm really limiting myself. Um, and, and, I'm, and in terms of that burnout for ministry, um, you know, we have got to be... Um, We've got to be in God's word for that encouragement and that reminder that it's not about us, that we're called to be faithful, um, not just, I need another sermon for this week. Does that make sense? I'm asking you, Isaac. Because <laughs> he asked a question, like but gonna, Randy's going to say something. Say something. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I've, uh, I've been around the track a couple of times, and uh, if, if you want to get down to the very crass level of it, you can be a pastor in a church and you can preach sermons uh, from an intellectual side. Uh, you can know the right thing to say, the right thing to do, without ever having a relationship. Uh, and that really was driven home when I was in college. Um, I uh, was singing and doing a lay witness mission uh, at a church, and one of the kids from that church worked for me at the food service and she said afterwards she says I want to ask you a question she says do you believe what you say on Sunday mornings when you preach and I said well yes I don't know how else you could do that she says well our pastor says he really doesn't believe in the resurrection and all that stuff but it's what folks want to hear and so he's Mm. yeah um and that just got me um uh because I've come across some folks in 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 my time that uh I don't want to ever judge anybody else's journey, but they were putting in their time. They had long since lost the passion. And uh, I, I, somebody came up to me one time and said to me, they said, uh, I don't know that I really believe all that you're saying, but he says, I believe that you believe it. And he says, and that gives me pause to cause and at least listen to what you're saying. And that me believing it and living it uh, is what makes a difference why at least for me it's important to spend more time in the word for Mm -hmm. my own spiritual soul Mm -hmm. i'm a christian first i'm a believer first i'm a truster in god first right and only then can i honestly 
with integrity, at least for me, uh, to speak about it to others. Otherwise, I'm just merely putting a formula out there that will make you a better person without mm-hmm. really... Uh, that's why I like Philip Yancey. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, he's an author. He's written a number of books. Uh, one of those books is listed in the back of the guide. Um, the prayer, uh, 40 Days of Prayer. For the 40 Days of Prayer. But he asks the questions that uh, I think the world asks and that we at Christians, as Christians ought to ask an honesty sometimes, and we don't do that. Um, uh, Such as? Well, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, uh, the story is in there that I – and it's been a while, but I believe it was – I know it was a prostitute, and I believe she was sent to him as a part of the uh, – sentencing or a part of what she could do uh-huh. and not only was she a prostitute but her daughter was in prostitution and he asked her he said why uh, why did you do that she said well i had a child out of my life and i i had to support that child and i didn't know any other way to do it didn't have any other way to do it no one else would help me and he says why didn't you go to the church and she says why would i go to the church all they refer to me as a prostitute and a whore and a heathen. Why would I come and ask you for help when that's what you think of me? He asked interesting questions. Uh, one of the books he wrote was, Why do, I always got to get this right, Why do bad things happen to good people? No, that was Harry, uh, Rabbi Kushner. Yeah, he did, but also Yancey wrote a book. Okay. Uh, and um, he asked those questions. And my experience has been in the church, a lot of times we avoid those kinds of things. Um, There have been some questions come up out of this prayer study already uh, when uh, with this verse, and I'm going to try to get to this verse and break some of this down Sunday morning, but the verse of Scripture where it says, Ask anything in my name and I will do it for you. And somebody said, Well, I asked and my husband still died. How do I reconcile to that? Uh, how do I live with that? How do I deal with that? Um, sometimes Some people throw I, the whole, all of Christianity out for that very reason. For that very reason. And, and, you know, I don't know that I have answers. Well, I, I know I don't have all the answers to that. But something brought me along a path along my spiritual journey. Then when something happened to my son, um, there was a trust in God. I couldn't explain it, but there was a deep enough trust in God. I was able to walk through it, and 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 still trust Him through that. And He helped me bring bring me through that time. Um, so that's some of the things. I mean, that's some of the things that Yancey asked. I have not read his book on prayer, uh, or his latest book on prayer that Rick recommended. But it's going to get ordered, and I'm going to read it because he, uh, yeah. I also, uh, when we were looking at um, uh, reading scripture, and uh, Warren was talking about um, memorizing scripture, and as I was a new Christian, nobody ever talked to me about scripture memorization. And back in the day when, when it would have been easy for me, um, and this would have been in the 70s, mid-70s, uh, early to mid-70s, um, when it would have been easy for me and, and I would have lapped that up 
um, that just wasn't ever mentioned. But you, Randy, were in a, an era um, or someone was um, discipling you that you did memorize a lot of scripture. Yesterday, we were doing a mic check, and uh, we needed to uh, to say something for a while, and I yammered on, and Randy got up there and just started quoting scripture. Um, and um, that's that's powerful, I think, that you can draw that back in times of need. Not for other people, yes, for other people, but for yourself. That came out of uh, out of the Greenfield United Methodist Church, uh-huh. some of the Sunday school classes and Bible school classes. Um, uh, we were actually we were required to memorize scripture, uh-huh. uh, whatever that means. I mean, if you you didn't, you didn't die, or you didn't <laughs> not get cookies or anything, but because. Um, and then I was a part of a group called the Navigators, which is a college, pretty much a college-age group back in the 70s. Uh, I lived in a dorm at uh, McGill Hall at Illinois Wesleyan, and four of the guys in our area were Campus Crusade guys, and four of us were Navigator guys. And that was one of the basic tenets of Dawson Trotman was scripture memorization. And so we would walk around, and when we'd see each other, we'd pop off something that we were (laughs) supposed to be memorizing for that week. Mm -hmm. And it didn't seem like a chore. In Bible school, school, bless her heart, the the teacher um, was a little um, shorter on memory than she probably had been in her younger years. And so I know two years in a row, she was my teacher, and I quoted Jesus wept uh, uh, twice in a mm. week's time, and she didn't remember that. Uh, but when I got Good to for co- you. I know. But I, when I got to college, it became important. And I found that to be important um, to remember some of those verses. Uh, um, I know Kid Venture has those memory yeah, verses, and I yeah. think that that's important. And and I think that that means something as they get older, that there's something in that, that in our hearts. Um, I think it gives you immediate tools when right. you're faced up against something. You know, I, uh, um, I, I, be it right, be it wrong, I, I blame it on my mom and dad's German background that there might be a tad bit of a temper in the racy DNA. And uh, it's been those scripture verses when I wanted to say something my kids have told me that I have the capacity to, with a smile on my face to cut people to shreds. It's, it's those, those scripture verses that run through my head that keep me from making that kind of a witness. So. Another thing that um, I, when I talk, was talking about different forms of prayer, um, and I hope that you were able to to look up some of those, the labyrinth, the prayer beads, uh, some things that are a little different. Um, one of the things that I think I did not get to, or if I did, I just mentioned it, was praying the scriptures. And um, there are different ways to do that, but um, I don't know if, if Isaac and Randy, you have ways that you do it, but... Uh, for me, it is simply um, reading the scripture in a prayerful attitude and then reading it again and then reading it again. And another form is to put uh, our own name in it, if that's appropriate. If it's a, a story about something, uh, a narrative about something that might not work. But um, for God loved the world so much that he gave his son for Debbie. 
you know, that, doing that kind of a thing um, and, and praying to God to, to speak to me through that. Do you guys have any other ways that you have prayed the scriptures? Um, I, I'm a lineal person, so when I read scripture, I make lists. <laughs> and of course that's you do. <laughs> how I pray the scriptures. I had make started, lists of? Uh, Psalm 119. Uh, ten ways to victory over sin. I preached. Actually, there was one sermon I preached. Eighteen ways to victory over sin from Psalm one nineteen, which is I think back on that now. It was more about the list than maybe sometimes even the application. I assumed folks were making the application, uh, but um, uh, Psalm fifty one. Uh, I put together a book one time. Actually, it was in a. It was more of a prayer journal book kind of thing. Uh, and literally to teach people how to pray God's Word. What I've discovered after doing that, that putting that information on pages was not enough. What Rick's doing in the book he had, and you and I had made some comments about, um, we thought the cover of the book was maybe just a tad bit over the top in terms of style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when you get inside and you go through that daily journal, he's given you the scripture to pray over, and the journal to reflect on, and he's put it in such a way that it relates to those folks. I mean, looking at it black and white is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Some of the folks in the group I led last night were talking about the need for the visual part. And so the visual part, seeing the Word as well as writing it, and some of them were talking about how the uh, the actual picture of the, I'm sure it's all Southern California. Uh, right, the beach. <laughs> Peach and the water. Uh, how that uh, helped them visualize what that scripture was saying. Uh, so that's that's um, how I've done it. I don't know, Isaac, how you've. Um, um, well, two things uh, come to mind. Um, one is um, it comes from Ignatian exercises, which are just a kind of a model of prayer from several hundred years ago, uh, where uh, when you were reading the text, you were trying to develop a a very mental, um, three-dimensional time space for the the Mm -hmm. text. So if it's a narrative of something, you're trying to step into that narrative. How does the you know, how does the dust feel on your feet? How does the, um, you know, the wind feel on your face? How are these words spoken? What are the pace of that? So you're really trying to um, access that text uh, in a more um, three-dimensional way um, instead of just a, a, a flat kind of, these are words of instruction for me. These are, you know, mm-hmm. it's a recipe to follow. It's it's to break that kind of um Mentality mm-hmm. and to uh, enter into that that narrative as a as a participant instead of um, just a receiver of um, instruction mm-hmm. uh, or information. Uh, so that's one. That's a you know film inside your head mm-hmm. uh, kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing. Um, and then the other one is um, uh, praying with um, with icons, which is something that a lot of Protestants are very um, uninformed about. Mm-hmm. Quite right. honestly. Um, and uh, you know, icons are—they take a little getting used to, um, but they are—they're images that are designed for prayer. I mm-hmm. mean, that's really what they are. They're not images to be worshipped. They're images that 
lead us into um, deeper contemplation about the mystery of God. And um, that's been helpful um, as well. I'll, maybe I'll put a couple of resources in for that. I was going to say, that, would you but, put that yeah. in? Um, but they are, they are helpful for, I think, people who, um, again, where text is not... Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say it doesn't hold your attention because I, I think anything doesn't hold your attention after a while and that's your own problem quite honestly mm. like part of this is learning to expand your attention um but uh for uh, for some people i think for everybody i mean we all have eyes to see for the most part in some way or, or another and so uh these are helpful in helping our vision navigate through what it means to pray to see um and so uh, that's another you know method that that i find and use regularly i think it's just it's good i think it makes a different part of the brain fire you know when we do these in different ways that makes and and so i think that's why it's important i i i I, about eight or ten years ago i started reading ignatius i started Mm -hmm. there for a season i i prayed in that manner and then i moved Mm -hmm. away from that and i'm glad you mentioned that because i haven't been into that practice Mm -hmm. if you can put that link to that the exam and i was trying to think who else i've used i mean i've i've turned to the book of common prayer sometimes to be very um um, well, very more disciplined. Sometimes when you just follow a pattern, you become a, maybe a bit more disciplined. I don't know. Because I like to bring different... I know if I'm not careful, I get very stoic and get locked into one pattern. And there's so much more out there that reveals the nature of God than just uh, doing it my way. Um, one of the things that, that we can do, too, is... Um, there are all kinds of, of apps that send that those things to you daily um and uh, uh one of my covenant group friends uh suggested one of those and i'm trying to pull my phone out to to find it um it's uh, um just a really powerful thing and it's not going to come up so um anyway um it, it's a prayer um a prayer site that just it just sends it to you every day and mine is not because there's something wrong with it um um, but you can you can do that to remind you. You don't have to use it that particular uh, thing, but but that can remind you to pray. And and uh, Warren suggests um, um, setting a timer uh, or an alarm, um, an, an alarm, not a timer, uh, to remind you. Uh, we have reminders for everything else, but do we have a reminder for the most important thing in our lives? So. Um, I mean, we could go on and on about this. Um, It's a pretty cool subject, but we're going to be talking about this for the next six weeks. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. So That is true. All right. Well, thanks for listening again, and uh, we're glad that you're uh, here with us. If you have questions or uh, comments, you can uh, find us either uh, through the website or Facebook, email, whatever. And uh, next week we'll be back with uh, another deeper dive into uh, prayer. So until then, grace and peace. Mm -hmm.